0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Business of Customer Love podcast brought to you by Mention Me. I'm your host, Simeon Atkins, and thanks for joining us today. Growing your brand through customer love might seem like an idea that belongs in the company cafe rather than the boardroom. But identifying, growing and activating a base of loyal fans is serious business, and the results of harnessing customer advocacy can be truly transformational for both your company and your customers. We gather experts from across the space to shine a light on how you can unleash a virtuous cycle of sustainable organic growth, where your best customers keep coming back and bringing their friends too. So let's get into today's episode. So I'm excited to be joined today by Nate Henderson, CEO of Built Intelligence Instructions, a CX platform. Nate, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Simeon. Good to be here.
0: So you're here today to share how Built has constructed its business around the aim of making their customers' lives better. Before we dive in, though, do you want to give a quick introduction to our listeners?
1: Sure. So, uh, Built, uh, are, are the the, uh, the core of our solution really is 3D-guided interactive instructions um, that make any task around setup, assembly, maintenance, repair so wonderfully simple that anyone can do it. Um, we're used today in 172 countries. Uh, um, we, we now have millions and millions of users uh, throughout the world and, uh, and continue to grow. There are hundreds of brands, some of the very top brands in the world, uh, now partner with us for their, for their uh, uh, customer experience at that first moment you have with a product.
0: Excellent. I know you're going to share some more details about the company a bit later, but I just think it's uh, it's such a fabulous concept. This is something that personally drives me absolutely mad. Like, I'm terrible at DIY at the best of times, and I'm even worse at following instructions. So it's a, it's a great concept, and uh, look forward to diving into a little bit more detail shortly. Um, now, as a tradition to get things kicked off in the show, I'd love for you to share a time recently where, as a consumer, you've experienced customer love firsthand and really what impact that had on you as a consumer.
1: So... I actually had one, uh, just, uh, just two days ago. Um, uh, uh, as your listeners may know, we're, uh, we're based in the Dallas Fort Worth area in Texas, uh, in the United States. And, and, uh, the afternoon I stopped by and, and we were getting some barbecue. There were friends coming from, from out of town and, and, uh, they, they really wanted to have real, real Texas barbecue for dinner. And so I was just picking this stuff up and I mentioned it to the, um, uh to the uh, uh manager that was <clears throat> that was helping us with everything and um we got in, into a conversation and he really started asking about uh, the people coming into town and what their preferences were and so forth and within about 10 minutes he had put together this bundle of stuff trying some additional <clears throat> um some additional meats some vegetables and things like that and 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 he even added a few things to it at uh, at no charge and uh, my wife and I walked away and said, you know what, that is someone that cares about me having a great experience and, and, and was willing to approach it with flexibility um, instead of just a cookie cutter menu here and really did what it took to make sure that I was ready to have a great experience with my you know friends that were coming. And <clears throat> sure enough, before we had gotten uh, back to the office, my wife had already already left just a raging review uh, about this business. And, 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 a, it's a great product, but it's just, j- just the attention to detail and the willingness to take that ex- extra step was just very memorable for us. So we loved it.
0: That's a great example. And I bet one of the first things you did when your friends came around is you told them exactly about this company and what they did for you as well. Just kind of spreading that word of mouth as absolutely.
1: well. Absolutely. absolutely,
0: Yeah. Fant- fantastic. I know I'm going to regret asking this cause I'm going to get very jealous, but what is a, a traditional Texas barbecue? What's involved?
1: Uh, it's, it's, uh, it takes a long time, right? You, you have to, you have to smoke it for a long time. It's the right rub. It's the right sauce. Uh, but, but it's not something you could do in just an hour. Or two. Really, really good barbecue takes hours and hours, sometimes 24 or, uh, or 36 hours to prepare. So you have to be very, very deliberate about it and, and you don't get to just, you know, change it in, uh, in, uh, in five minutes. It, it takes very deliberate preparation. Sounds fantastic.
0: Um, Okay, so uh, at the top of the show, we alluded to the fact that we were going to get into um, the story of Built in a bit more detail. Um, I'd love for you to give us a bit more of an insight into who you are, what you do. um, And more importantly, I guess, what makes you really a customer love company?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, uh, in order to tell that story, I I have to start out even before Built. Um, A couple of years before the idea even came up, I'd had the opportunity to, Fred, to read Fred Reicheld's book, The Ultimate Question, and 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 for me, it, it was it was just it was life changing, if you will. Um, I as I read it, I said those are principles that I believe in. I aspire to work that way, to operate that way, and I said at some point, if I have my own business, I'm going to run it that way. We are going to focus on creating promoters of the brands we serve. We're going to focus on loyalty and that and that real goal which is enriching people's lives and and so a couple of years later when when, when built came as an idea which was which was a friend of mine um came in with a a, a you know reiterating that frustration that people have with products that require setup assembly maintenance or repair if you are good but the vast majority of us are not good at and the paper instructions simply make it worse videos a a, a decent step in the right direction um, but we just looked at it and said, "How do, how can we use modern technology to flip that around and make people actually wonderful at even difficult tasks?" And and and, and so you know we started it. It was it was originally an innovation inside of SAP, um, which uh, uh, after a period of time and sitting with SAP's you know executive management team. Uh, they, they they realized together with me that this is such a different business that it it, it merited being spun spun out independently. So we spun it out as an independent business. But from the very very beginning, um, we have set that as the gold standard in our business of of let's focus on enriching people's lives and not declare success until we've actually done that. And and to the, to the point where um, before someone can join the business and receive a job offer they have to read um uh the ultimate question and now fred reichel's new book uh, winning on purpose they have to read it and we sit down and and have a discussion about it because i'm trying to validate and ensure that 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 person wants to live their life that way and how they treat each other but in how we measure success and what we call success amongst our customers
0: i love that Um what that says to me, we, we've had a couple of guests on the show that have spoken about this idea of being customer focused and customer centric. I think customer focused is almost more of a tick box exercise where there are kind of pockets of teams that are thinking about the customer experience, like typically the sales team or like the customer facing teams. But what you're describing there is far more of a customer centric um way of operating in that it's kind of at the core and the fabric of everything that you do and it was kind of the the inspiration to start the business came from that as well um and i just i just love the concept of something like built where um you know you're you're definitely talking to someone like me who is just terrible at diy and following instructions and actually when you're able to complete those tasks even if it's kind of putting up like a simple table or something like that you do feel a real sense of pride so i think that there's a real um you're kind of enriching people's lives, not just by the experiences, but also what you're kind of offering as a service as well. And I'm sure you've seen that firsthand.
1: Exactly. And, and I would say, you know, for your, for your listeners, one of the, one of the conclusions we came to early on is, is when when we, when you talk about customer love, uh, it's pretty broad statement. So how do you actually do that in, in, uh, in reality? What we have found is is the first thing you have to realize is in your company very oftentimes the person that is buying your product is not the person who is using it and 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 th- there's some cases where where that's not true, but in the vast majority of situations, you actually have two customers you have a buying person and then you have those that actually use your product long term and and when you think of customer love you have to be very careful delineating the two of those and and you you will be most successful as you partner together with the buyer of your product and say i am partnering with you to make your customer successful and let's and and i'm going to define success the way the same way that you are the buying entity whether it's a CIO or a CMO or something like that, who is their customer? Define success the same way that they do, and you're off to a great start. To to, to me, at the end of the day, that's what customer-centricity, customer love is, is really understanding who the end customer is and being equally yoked in in defining that and executing on it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And just to kind of take that a step further, um for those customers that are, that are really going to be impacted by this product, what are the the kind of typical friction points that you're helping to tackle with built?
1: well, in in, in our case, if you look across you know customer journey, um, someone someone may go go through purchase a product, um, um, you know do research on it. But in, in the case of, of, a, of a DIY consumer, when they bring it home, the first interaction with the product is not a working product. It's setup, assembly, maintenance, repair. Even if they have a third party do it, like someone at the store or some service go in and do it, the first interaction with that product is actually to get it set up. And in 99% of situations, that's actually a downer. It's a very frustrating experience, as you started out, Simeon, saying. If you're not really good at it, that can be a frustrating experience. Even though the product may work really well for sometimes years afterwards, that first experience is, frust- is, is frustrating, and that's a problem because the time people are most likely to speak about a brand by name is within 3 to 12 hours of the first interaction with the product, which in this case, assembly, setup, maintenance, repair. Uh, well, maintenance and repair, not so much, but but, but assembly, installation, setup, and so If we can flip that on its head and make that a great experience, instead of coming out of a trough in that customer experience, you're now coming off of a high. And when it's a surprise where people walked into it thinking it was gonna be frustrating, and instead it's the exact opposite, that high is just even higher. And so their willingness to promote, willingness to talk about uh, other, uh, you know, tell others about that brand, about that barbecue grill, or about that piece of furniture, is orders of magnitude higher at that moment
0: yeah absolutely i'd be curious in in your opinion um nate because i think i'd probably be right in saying that your mindset puts you in probably the minority in terms of founders and ceos in terms of really when they're starting a business and continuing to build that business having customer love at the forefront of everything they're doing why do you think business leaders or more business leaders are not thinking this way
1: well I, I i think that there's an exposure problem in general um uh, you know the last the last probably twenty years of of you know venture uh venture capital was kind of hey let's get a quick win um and but but now that that's gone through cycles and you know ups and downs in the economy, I will tell you I talk to more and more CEOs every month that that are starting to think this way. Um, You know, 10 years ago, yeah, it was, it was somewhat uncommon. People, people had the right desire, but really didn't understand the tools or the thought process or way of going about it. But I will tell you more and more, I see people doing it this way. And in large part, it's, it's, it's it's interesting. It's because people want to live their own lives that way. Um, And, 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 and that's what makes it such a universal message. Hey, this is golden rule stuff. Right. This is this is doing to others. Treat others the way the way that you would want to. And I think I think over the last couple of years, you've seen the very very best. You know, institutional investors venture understand this and realize this, and they're willing to make long term decisions and see this. And because you're starting to see the separation between them more and more, even the ones in on the bottom are saying, "Hey, how do I emulate that process?" Um, I think. Um, So, so, But but it's still an education thing. And, you know, your podcasts and other things are are really important. We need to educate people. We need to help them understand this is a far better way of living. And it is far better from a return standpoint in your business. This is good for everyone everywhere.
0: I think that's a good point you made there, though, that um, I guess for more business leaders to really adopt this, they need venture capitalist groups and, and investors to buy into that, too. I'm assuming because they need obviously that that support from them as well so that that's a really interesting point um I'd be curious to know from your experience of growing built um how you manage to maintain those standards and that um that culture of customer love as you expand into new regions and new areas because I'm assuming that's probably a challenge that you face as you get bigger you know you obviously feel this way and are very passionate about it but how do you make sure that as you grow that's sort of maintained, uh, throughout the different regions that you're expanding into?
1: Yeah, it, it, there's no question about it. It is hard. Uh, you know, cultural change is never easy. Maintaining it is never easy. It takes just continual diligence. Um, we have, we have a couple of different things, but I will tell you, the first thing is every time you come to big decisions, um, are you leading with that? Does it come back to that principle? Or are you asking that? And that's that's not one decision. That's the thousands of decisions that 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 your team, your customers start to to become accustomed to when you're continually asking that question of, hey, are we are we enriching a life? And some of it, frankly, is when a new customer comes on board and we're getting to know them. We're asking ourselves, are we aligned? Are, are, are you know we're going to bring this certain approach, but is that what is that what they want? And we've had a, a number of situations where we've said to to a company, there isn't alignment here. What you're looking to do is, is just not aligned with what we're doing, and and so we'll, we'll refer you to somebody else that that uh, that maybe can 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 fit with you. But you're reinforcing it with thousands of small decisions as you interact with your team. The decisions that you make, how you interact with them with the customers when there are those 50-50 situations with customers, how do you how do you how do you decide? Do you do do you do you err on that side of enriching their life, even though it may mean a little bit of of uncomfortableness for you? Do you do that? So I mean lots of small decisions I think is a big one. Um, we read books together, the entire company, not just executive team, the entire company. We have from the very beginning we pick you know, certain books like Winning on Purpose, Fred Reichelt's uh, The Outward Mindset by Arb- Arbinger Institute and others. We read them and study them together as an entire team. Talk about challenges. Where are we falling down? What are, what are our solutions? And that learning process that we do on a regular basis, I think, helps uh, also do it. And probably the third thing I would say is it's pretty important who you hire. Very, very important who you hire. And, and, and then it's someone that believes that and is willing to reinforce it
0: think you touched on a really important point there as well that customer love isn't an end game it's not something that you kind of achieve and that's it and you and you leave it it's an ongoing process it's continuously to your point every decision that you're making you're considering are you putting customer love at the forefront of that decision um and so it's just ongoing and it's developing and i guess you're like learning all the time in terms of different ways to do it and different ways to approach it
1: yeah and 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 you know any any business any CEO is going to jump in and, and you it's not that the financials are important they're super important you have to understand your unit economics right you 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 have to at some point become a profitable business or it's not sustainable even even for a nonprofit if if you can't find a way of making the business long term sustainable it just simply won't last um, uh, but but as you build out your unit economics you have to take that extra step of just understanding okay. So what does it take for us to have that life enriching experience? And 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 you have to you have to measure those things.
0: So it's work. So you're saying there are obviously in, and it's it's obviously true the financials are very important. So um kind of on the other side of that, I suppose, or, or related to it, what are the the key performance metrics that you as a leadership team will look like when it comes to customer experience and how would you measure the success
1: of that? Mm. Yeah, great, uh, great question. So I'll give you I'll give you the ones that uh, that uh, that we measure. Um, uh, net Promoter Score. We we're 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 still pretty big believers in it. I I found long term it's a really good indicator. Um, um, for us, for example, the vast majority of leads that come into our business are referral or or, or what we call earned growth of you know people that have had a great experience and want to do more want to expand with us or tell someone else about it or they have a great experience and they call us and say, Hey, can can you help my business? Um, So, you know, earned growth is a good one. Uh, NPS is a great, you know, overarching one, as long as you're measuring your different constituents, your, your customer's customer, your paying customer, your team members, et cetera. Um, uh, uh, We look at, of course, revenue retention, net revenue retention, gross retention, um numbers these are these are probably the the uh the most important ones that we look at and then underneath that you have you you have your standard metrics but it's 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 matching kind of the standard metrics with with, with the ones that really show that that your your business is growing because people love doing business with you because you're enriching their life those are the ones you need to focus on
0: and do you find by having this mindset that it's giving you a, a real competitive advantage in the market? Um, you've obviously got a relatively unique product and feature that that you're offering, but do you think that on top of that, this mindset that you have is giving you an advantage? And and if so, where have you sort of seen that play out?
1: Oh, absolutely, and 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 I would I would add two things. I, I guess as an answer to that is for everyone out there that's, that's saying, Hey, but it's hard work to kind of take that extra step and, you know, match these things um, to, to kind of that customer centric culture. It is, it is hard. And and, and you have to, you have to expect it. You got to be persistent. You got to stick with it. You got to do the right thing for your business. Um, um, It is, it is, it is difficult, but, what you're going to find in the process is, um, especially in those more difficult times, like right now is generally a difficult economic environment, right? You, you got inflation, there's uncertainty out there. And yet we spend far less on sales and marketing than most other companies, way less because there is such a loyalty effect that our customers have with us and their willingness to refer others. so, so, uh it it, uh, it proves it out in the very difficult times when it's hard to come by new opportunities but when your existing customers are continuing to add more even in a difficult environment uh, i mean i i just i just don't know of any uh, any proof that's uh that's uh, better than that
0: and it comes back to those basic economics that it's cheaper to keep existing customers than it is to purchase new ones the the right customers of course the the wrong fit customers mm-hmm. can ultimately cost you money but really the um you know, the fact that it costs, you know, five times more to acquire a new customer. It's just, as you're alluding to there, it just makes much more business sense to be focusing and really prioritizing those customers that love you and, and will then refer you as well.
1: Uh, and, uh, yeah. I, I mean, if I had encapsulated encapsulate it in just a simple message, it's that. It's just it's just recognizing if you'll, if you'll focus on enriching, or enriching their lives, understanding what that is and being deliberate up front. Hey, customers, this is what we do for you and we do it very, very well. We truly enrich your life I, it just it just comes back to you tenfold it just does
0: Nate we've covered some amazing ground today just in closing for anyone that's either inspired to start their own company or are building out their own customer experience function what's the number one piece of advice that you'd wish you'd known before you'd started built
1: um, it's harder than you think It takes longer than you think Um, it probably takes more money than you think it does, but, but you can do it. There is so much opportunity out there. I'm, I'm, I'm not one that, uh, that, that looks at things as, Hey, there's a finite number of opportunities. No, there's, there's an infinite number of opportunities out there, but you just have to recognize that it takes hard work and a lot of persistence, right? You, You need to be willing to learn, learn quickly Make adjustments, remove your pride from it, um, uh, but you can do it. Uh, there, there's just so so much great opportunity, and people want to reward, you know, businesses and people that truly enrich, enrich their lives. Just as I started out this conversation, the the the, the, uh, the, the barbecue place near me—it's called Meet You Anywhere—if you're ever in the, in the, in the, the Dallas, Texas area, but we naturally want to reward those things, and so I would tell anybody. Go the extra mile to ensure that you're enriching people's lives. It will make your journey much happier. Your team members will love it and be more loyal to it. But your customers will reward you over and over and over uh, for it. So, so, so don't give up. Persist in it. It's a it's a, it's a great journey and it's well worth it.
0: What a great way to finish, Nate. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for joining us today.
1: Thank you, Simeon. It's an honor to be on.
0: You've been listening to the Business of Customer Love podcast hosted by Mention Me. Thanks for tuning in and be sure to join us next time where we'll be speaking to some more amazing guests about how you can harness the power of customer love. See you again soon.